Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Crew. I'm your host, Keith McGinty, and tonight I am joined for the preview crew with some of the finest crew members that we have. First up, we've got Jamie Murdo McLeod. He's getting sized up for a Steve-O sized tattoo of Saquon Barkley on his back when the G-Men win Super Bowl 57 in the desert. Jamie, how are you tonight, Murdo? Oh, I'm great. Thanks, Keith. I'm great. Now the end of the week in time for some more football, so can't complain at all. Fantastic. We've got some football on tonight. You'll be hearing this tomorrow morning, guys. And I'm looking forward to getting into the matches with you. Next up, I've got a question for the, the next crew member. Stacey's mom, Stifler's mom, and Mrs. Bouvier. Which one would you like to kiss, marry, or change their adult nappy? Patrick Houston. The grandmother's favourite. How are you tonight? I'm all right, mate. How, how come I get the title grandmother's favourite? I, I don't know how that came from. Oh, it's, it's you and Zach Wilson. It's just um, you seem to be. He's your protege. He's your padawan when it comes to to this sort of thing. But obviously, we know that Missy Bouvier was your favourite growing up. I remember that from our, our days. Absolutely. Are you absolutely. well, Patrick? I'm doing well, mate. Are yourself? Good. Good. This is the. The final few days of my paternity leave, I'm back to the real world, back to reality and um, and work next Monday. Um, you'd never know it. This is like the third attempt that we've tried to do the intro. I'm a wee bit tired, but you guys are going to see me through, I'm sure. Um, so the final used, member. You get used to the tiredness, Keith, don't worry about it, mate. Listen, you, you make it look easy, absolutely easy. Um, our final member, he's getting uh, Canada's premier Matt Hardy tribute act. It's Stu Bell. Stu, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, my shoulder's finally getting better after my uh, incident that I had a few weeks ago with the, the whole broken collarbone type situation. I've just been keeping myself safe from the ice out at this end because uh, we're, we're already frozen in the, the far north of North America. Do you know, I, I used to watch like, Match of the Day and they would talk about the Newcastle fans and how they were all mental because they'd be going to the games in short sleeves and taking their tops off and stuff like that. But then I got a wee bit older and I learned about geography and that all of Scotland is way, way past Newcastle. And it was, we were kicking about in shorts and t-shirt while they were taps off and kidding on they were they're tough guys. You're the true tough guys too. You're the Canadians. You are the the real powerhouses of North America. And uh, it's great to have you on, my friend. Are we all good to go then? Oh, aye, definitely. Uh, do you know, inclement weather's not going to stop us. We are getting cracking ahead with this. And inclement weather was going to be a factor of the, the games this weekend. We've just heard that the the matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns won't take place in Buffalo, New York. Stu, where is it going to take place now? Uh, it's going to be moved to Ford Field in Detroit, so it's going to be played in a dome, which the, the NFL is robbing us of a snow game. And as everybody knows, that sometimes is the uh, the absolute favourite game of the year is whenever you get a snowball between some teams. It really is. It's part of the, the appeal of the NFL. Would you yourselves, guys, would you would you rather that they played it out in the, the, the sixth foot of the snow that's going to get played? Or should every team, every professional team in this multi-billion pound industry have a, a dome of their own? Parshi, what, what do you think about this? Would you love to see the, the Bills and the, the Browns battling it out? Absolutely. Absolutely. Take it out in the snow. Actually, I think um, I just read there just now as well that the Packers game tonight is potentially going to be a snow game. 
Packers mm. have just Packers have just tweeted that they're actually due to be wearing white tonight as well. So we'll see how that how that stands up. Um, no, for me, um, I would I'd love to see games in snow. I always I've seen games in snow. I think it's a leveler. It's a total leveler of a game. You know, mm. it means it's, it becomes a bit of a lottery. Um, you know. I, th- I think modern day professional athletes are too pampered anyway. I think you know what's up with a bit of cold. What's up with a bit of cold? You know, put in a couple of put in a couple of things to just sort of make things a bit more difficult for them. The weather, absolutely. I don't, I don't like. I mean, these stadiums, these new stadiums, are full of crack and don't get us wrong. But you know, in terms of atmosphere and all the rest of it, I'd much rather have the old classic stadiums. Would I like to be sitting in the top row of Lambeau Field when it's chucking it down the snow? Would I like to be sitting <laughs> on Lambeau Field anyway? Probably not. But. Um, <laughs> But no, I, I, think, I think snow games are brilliant. I think if you think about when we were growing up as kids watching NFL and stuff like that, for some reason, Thanksgiving games stick in my mind, but I always mm-hmm. think of snow games. Um, and for me, yeah, it's, it's, it's a leveller. It's what turns great teams into bad teams and, and so on just for one day. Um, so no, I'm all for it. I'm sure you'd get out of Lambeau Field where, uh, quite quickly with your Swiss Gardner jet stop on there. Um, I, I'm the same. I think that the, the match is... Um, Grown up, as you said, that they were the ones that really interested you. Myrtle, answer me this. Is it like uh, in the football here that we have in uh, Scotland, whenever that gets a wee bit snowy, did they change the NFL ball to like, a fluorescent yellow one or did they just stick with the normal pig skin? <laughs> <laughs> no, they still, they still just stick with the brown pig skin. Yeah, like it stands, stands, out, stands out enough against the white. It's close enough to an orange ball, isn't it? Like, <laughs> That sounds like a, a fluorescent pink one. Sounds like something that you'd get in the the CFL, uh, the Canadian Football League. They, they're that forward oh, no. thinking. They would <laughs> <laughs> See, I, rubbish. Like, yeah, you know, for them, they're uh, still using the the you know the pigskin kind of call the leather, the brown one as well. But actually, on that the CFL um, this weekend, it's the it's the hundred ninth Grey Cup final. It's happening mm. in Regina, so that's the championship game. Um, Right, it's kind of funny when we're talking about a snowball and kind of cold weather games in the NFL. So, for as an as an example, the Bengals are playing the Steelers. They're talking about how uh, kickoff this weekend it's going to be around about zero um, degrees centigrade or Celsius, whatever you want to say, and it'll probably drop down to minus eight as the game goes on as it gets colder. Wow. Now, I'm just looking at a news article from uh, Regina, and they're talking about the final there at the Mosaic Stadium, which is a fantastic brand new arena that they've built out there in Saskatchewan. Um, and they're saying, uh, okay, temperatures at kickoff are going to be minus two degrees. And uh, with a wind chill, yeah, it'll probably be around about minus eight as well. So the same weather, but they're describing this as, this will be a fantastic Grey Cup final as it will be warm. Because the Grey <laughs> there have been minus 30 and minus 40 degree games uh, that have decided to get the, so. the CFL championship. So there you go, a difference between the two leagues. I should say before we started that um, the guys here, you, you're all looking fantastic tonight. I myself, I'm dressed, and, I, and Grant will probably think I've got a third NFL team here. I'm dressed myself like, like Sean McFatty here. I've got a tight blue Nike um, long sleeve top on. Um, I'm getting to the stage whenever I'm going to my boys' uh, football and coaching. I'm, I'm looking up the online to see if I can get one of the big sideline cloaks that they've got. Because they look absolutely dynamite. They look super, super warm. Um, Murdo, yourself, what are some of your favourite NFL snow games? I think my, my favourite one has to be the, the Colts at the Bills in 2017. Fantastic game for, for a certain Shady McCoy. 
Um, <laughs> we just loved watching him running up and down the field. Um, 158 yards and, and a game-winning uh, game-winning touchdown topped off a snow angel. So no, it was, nah. can't can't beat it. But no, I'm I'm like the other boys. I think we need to keep the snow games. It's definitely definitely a bit of a leveler. Like I think if you put everything in the dome, it takes away takes away a bit of the chance. You know, um, you don't you won't get as many kicks blown. <laughs> blown off of course or so no definitely keep keep the stadiums open keep the snow coming that was one thing i was i was going to ask you guys about when it comes to the the snow games what type of player tends to shine see i was thinking it was going to be hard to to get really far up the field and that the kickers were really going to come into their own and that they were the ones that were going to try and get the end up getting the most points. And I'm thinking ahead to my fantasy football team that would have been going for a, a Browns or a Bills kicker. Stu, what sort of player really comes to the fore? Is it the kicker or is it the running backs? It's to be honest, I would say it's usually the running backs. Um, I mean, kickers come into it purely because I mean it's it's really down to the wind as well. Mm. Um, the problem for kickers, like if it's a heavy snow it's sometimes hard to see the goalposts. I think, so when you're lining up your kick, if you're going from long range, um, you know, you might have difficulties actually seeing the posts. Now, if you're running back, like someone like Nick Chubb or like a Derek Henry, that's like known for, or a Pollard, someone that's known for just being that absolute bowling ball, powerful legs is going to be able to plow through things. Those kind of guys are going to do well because they're still going to pick up yardage. And that's usually going to be the difference between teams getting first downs or going four and out. Um, the punters are probably the guys that have the best and easiest job in a snow game, yeah. though, because they're like, well, they'll be overworked. By the end of the day, they're going to be tired. But uh, their job <laughs> is probably the least affected. Quarterbacks and receivers, yeah, it's going to be hard on them just because obviously your hands are going to get cold and slippery. So like making those tosses or even holding the ball, it's going to it's going to get hard if it's cold. Fantastic. So every week in the preview podcast that we have here at Gridiron Crew, we'd like to have a look at the ahead to the top five matches. And we're in consultation over the past couple of days what matches we thought would be the, the top ones to look out for. To be honest, the, the snow was the one that really stood out to me, and that was why we chose as our, our top match to, to discuss. It was the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns at the Buffalo Bills. Now, we understand that game's now going to go ahead. And the Balmy, uh, Detroit, Michigan... Uh, Ford Field Stadium where it's going to be it's looking like it's going to be minus two degrees there so that, that's going to be absolutely roasting but most importantly it's not going to have the, the snow effect in it and as you said it's going to be inside the, the dome as well so let's have a wee look ahead to the, the Browns versus the, the Bills anyone want to jump ahead here is there anyone that you're excited to see for this one Stu I'll come to you first of all uh, yeah I would, I would just say just a comment on the dome thing again uh, because the last time that happened and they moved the Bills because of heavy snow, mm -hmm. they were playing the Jets, who back in 2014 were maybe not what the, uh, the Browns are now. Um, but mm -hmm. I would say it was a complete blowout back then. It was 38-3 was the, the final score to the Bills. So the Bills, obviously, with Josh Allen, if his arm's doing okay, I think they could do extremely well in a dome environment. Um, the Browns... Obviously, they have the running game and everything, but I, I kind of fancied them in the snow, so I'd pick them to win this week, but I, I yeah. might want to rethink my my bet now. But too late, I'm committed. I'm saying Browns. I'm going with Brian Donlin's, <laughs> Brian Donlin's special. Yeah. Patrick, what about yourself? Are you, are you confident in the, the Bills re returning to form after that dramatic 
match of the season last week against the Vikings. It was definitely a game of the season last week. and But I think obviously yeah. as well, the Bills have come off a two-game losing streak as well. Um, you know, that AFC East, um, as we've been speaking about over the past couple of weeks, it's really competitive and, and the Bills have lost top, top spot on it. Um, I think they've now, mm-hmm. they've now slipped down to third over since last week. Um, I, th- I think they'll, they'll bounce back this week. I think they'll be hungry for success, like say, especially in the Dome. Um, you know, again, thinking this was going to be played in the snow, I was wondering... Um, Will Chubb plough through? I had that all lined up no. ready to go, but, but yeah, nice. we'll not go there. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, the Bills have really struggled, obviously, with the run game this, this year, but I think in a dome environment, if Allen's fit, I think he's still limited practice this week. I think he'll be fine coming the weekend. Um, and the Browns have been they've been pretty dire at times. If you look at how they played against Miami last week, what was it? They put up, what, 491 yards lost? Uh, Miami put up thirty nine points. I can see, I can see the Bills doing something similar again. Well, Miami, of course, are an absolute juggernaut just now, especially on their offense. Murdo, do you think that could be the the tail of the the game uh, this Sunday? It's going to be a, another route um, for the Buffalo Bills against the 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 mighty Cleveland Browns. You know what I would love to say otherwise, but nope. I think that's I think I think the game getting played in the dome kind of puts a fork in the Cleveland Browns for the season. You know, they, if they won the snow game, it would have blown the AFC wide open because um, mm-hmm. it would have dropped the Bills down to six and four. You know, so maybe yeah. catch up um, in the AFC East, and it would keep the Browns quite relevant if they were to go to four and six. But I can't see them doing it in um, without the without the weather behind them. And my money would have been on um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt over Devin Single to rain the snow. But You're unfortunately, not the... I, it's a really interesting matchup. I'm looking forward to it and looking at some of the the injuries um, that have been rumoured for the, the match so far. Tight end uh, David Njoku did not pra- participate in practice, neither did wide receiver Amari Cooper or uh, defensive end Miles Garrett for the Browns. Bills there looking at. Um, Linebacker Josh uh, Von Miller, he did not participate, and Josh Allen was only limited in his participation this week. So, we'll be interesting to see just how much that elbow is uh, is really affecting him, and if he will be able to to loosen up and, and do well. I thought he played really well at times last week. He didn't look to be stifled at all by the the injury, but um, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on in the dome on Sunday. Then, now you mentioned there that the the Bills would go to six and four. Um, incidentally, that could also be the 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 scores for the Patriots come this Sunday as well as they face off against the Jets. Patrick, you're a resident Jets fan. Um, can you see a, a, a mighty win for your team there? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so for me, obviously, both teams are coming off a bye uh, this week. I think after the game on, on Sunday, I think the Patriots can wave bye to their playoff chances. Um I think, you know, it's been well documented, obviously, with another group between Danny and Scud, you know, um, the Jets have lost 13 in the trot against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Last time round week eight, uh, obviously, um, Patriots won at MetLife. I think that game turned its head on, on one play, and we spoke about that extensively at the time. I think the Jets will take the lessons learned from that. I think they're going to a much stronger team. I think Zach Wilson's learned a lot from it in this past few weeks, and the bye week's certainly going to have helped. Don't get me wrong, it's still going to be a very defensive game. Um, obviously, you know, Matthew Juno and 
Tudor in particular for for the Patriots is a bit of a beast. Um, mm -hmm. If the pressure Zach Wilson, I think you know we'll see what happens in that front. The Jets' defense is outstanding. You know, again, we spoke extensively about the, the Williams brothers. If you look at um, Carl Lawson coming through as well, and then obviously the secondary and Sauce has just been brilliant. You know, Sauce has been absolutely superb. The big issue with that is obviously the Patriots don't throw the ball. They don't have any targets to throw to, and they don't have a quarterback, in my opinion, capable of throwing it deep anyway. So I don't know if Sauce is going to have much of an impact. So against Boston's red, white, and blue, I don't think we'll get much staunch sauce this, this week. But um I really I really do think the Jets will win it this week. I think I think as as a unit, both on offense and defense, I think they're the stronger team. It's whether or not they take the lessons learned from what happened at MetLife a few weeks back. Um, but I think they're in a good position. As you said, the um, the Patriots don't really have very many targets um, for the, the 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 throwing game. Devontae Parker is limited in uh, training this week for the Jets. Wide receiver Corey Davis did not practice uh, participate. Sorry, and that's both teams seem to be relatively healthy, but it's just whether that um, that can translate into the game as well. I don't, I don't um, think Patrick. the Jets necessarily are healthy. I think, you know, we're banged up as, as anyone else. I think if you look at that O-line, you know, between Vera Tucker and Mickey Beckton going down quite early doors, I mean, that that's a big that's a big loss for the Jets and the protection it gives Zach as well. Um, and then obviously, Brees Hall was on, on, I don't know, it was only a few games, but obviously what he's shown those few games was, was really good too. But, you know, so there's a big roster. You've got to play at your full strength. You've got to play the full team. So there's no point moaning about injuries as far as I'm concerned. We move on. We get on with it. That one was for you, Danny and Scud. That was I put a wee fishing line out there, and he, he's getting the excuses in early. Um, we mentioned Danny and Scud who have been doing fantastic work for um, Gridiron Crew um, since we started. The guys are actually over, are, are underway just now to Boston for the the match this um, this weekend. Guys, we cannot wait to to hear all about it. We can't wait to see the pictures, the videos. Hopefully, we'll get them edited and blurred out the specific offensive parts um, and hopefully be able to share them on our, our Twitter. Keep a wee eye out for them over the, the weekend. Um, Stu, what, the, what about yourself? What are you looking forward to seeing in this matchup? To be honest, I, I'm actually looking forward to seeing Zach Wilson, which may sound surprising yeah. coming from a, a person who is a, a fan of the mighty Joe Burrow and uh, some, you know, Mahomes and those guys that mm -hmm. are kind of the exciting quarterbacks, but Wilson is exciting in his own way, and I think Patrick's right. Like what I saw of him in the last game out after you know after the Patriots, Zach looked like he'd really taken a lot of, I guess, lessons on board from where he was making mistakes before, and he was oh you know I wouldn't say he wasn't trying to do too much. He was doing things when he had to, and he was choosing his moments to make the big plays, and it was working. Mm -hmm. And I think if he could do that against the Patriots this time. Because the Patriots aren't what they were, I think the Jets should win this one. So I'm I'm putting them down as actually breaking the the streak here. It's time. It's like when the Bengals we finally won that playoff game last year. I think this year the Jets are doing it, and there's just something about them. Like um, I'm getting vibes like of the uh, what year was it 2016 or 2017 Jaguars when Bortles took them all the way to the championship game, and Wilson is a much better player than Bortles was. So. Mm -hmm. Not saying the Jets uh, will win the Super Bowl, but I, I can see a fairy tale run happening. Giants so Jets Super Bowl, Waldo. <laughs> I'm all in on that. I'm all in on that. Be good to play a little, the little brother, eh? 
How <laughs> well, and it's this tattoo of Saquon like ha- winking on your back as you flex your shoulder blade. Is that is that going to happen if the right, Giants I've get con- into the? I've consulted my legal team since Tuesday's podcast, and they've confirmed to me that I I only offered a Super Bowl Fifty Seven champion over the existing tattoo. No Saquon back piece. And mm-hmm. if if, like, if Brian wants to take this any further, lawyers are involved. I'll be honest, that, that might have been the bit that I had to trim out. I think there was a couple I expletives. So I'll go back and I can get that put back. That's not a problem. Don't you worry, I'll get that edited. Magic of editing. Fantastic. So um, we'll be thinking for that game then. We'll be thinking that uh, be unanimous in that a Jets win or is uh, Mac Jones or even uh, Zappi, is it Bigley Zappi is going to, to, to lead the Patriots to a, a fantastic victory against the high-flying Jets? Patrick, you, of course, are going for the Jets for this one. Stu's already said they'll join in. What about yourself, Murdo? So my heart says the Patriots, just with um, Danny and Scud going over there. But on my bookie slip, it's going oh. to be Jets all day long. You think? Well, fantastic. And that's coming for a Giants fan as well. Moving swiftly on then, next matchup that we'll be looking at is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Indianapolis Colts. Eagles with their first defeat of the season. That's a shocker of a defeat um, against the Washington Commanders last week. Will they be looking to bounce back to the rejuvenated Indianapolis Colts with Jeff Saturday as their new head coach, interim head coach, I should say. Um, Stuart, what are you thinking for for this one? Is this a just a, a, a simple, it was a blip last week, the Eagles were maybe getting a wee bit too confident, overly cocky. Um, is this the, them coming, bouncing back um, or is this the wheels finally falling off? I would say that if you're an Eagles fan, you're obviously upset that they lost last week, but it mm-hmm. might have been the best thing that could have happened to the Eagles. Because I think the overconfidence from maybe not within the organization, but from outside and all those media sources, people yeah. were pumping up the Eagles to maybe maybe go on and just have an undefeated season. And, uh, you know, they could have done it with their, uh, they kind of have a favourable schedule from here on out and there were a few banana peels coming up the commanders game was probably the last one where people thought they were actually going to lose the streak mm-hmm. um, so it should just be a blip but what I will say though is in the Colts favour there is now a roadmap potentially to defeat the Eagles and it's, it's an obvious one really just keep their offence off the field keep it churning Um Washington did it through having a one-two punch at running back, you know, having Robinson yes. and Gibson in there who could, you know, basically just keep the ball moving. And Heineke, again, was also able to kind of make those passes to McLaurin, whose hands were like sticky glue all night. He was holding on to mm-hmm. everything. Um, what I would say for the Colts, Taylor came back in last week and actually looked like a potential first round, you know, first overall fantasy pick for the first time this season. He actually looked decent coming off the ankle injury. Um, they do have, they do have Jackson. Uh, I think he's out this week, or he's it was at least limited or did not practice yesterday. The second yes. running back, so uh, maybe Zach Moss gets some time. But if Zach Moss can come in and do well, I fancy the Colts to actually pull off an upset here, just because they do have the running backs that can do it. I think well, I actually pulled it up there. Zach Moss is averaging five point three yards per carry. This season, admittedly, that's a very small sample size because I think he's only ran the ball at 19 times in total and he did have a 43-yard <laughs> run in uh, one of the games for the Bills. I think that was against Miami. But, um, yeah, the, the key to beating the Eagles 
I think if you're going to do it, is keep that offense off the field. The other part to it too is AJ Brown is a bit banged up now, and apparently Smith also uh, took a bit of an injury as well during that whole weird last play of the game when they probably should have just took the loss. I, I get why they were going for it, but it was never going to work out, and now he's potentially injured too. So that's our two top receivers like down the drain. So I don't know. I'm going to yeah. put my. I'll choose. I'll choose a team though. Now I realise I've rambled here for a little bit, but uh, no, no. I'll come back to you at the at the end. We'll, we'll hear okay. what the, the rest okay. of the crew have to, to say on it. And give me we'll, give we'll me enough five minutes to think then. But <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's my thoughts on it. Basically, roadmap to victory is run the ball a lot, wind the clock. And and they did that last week. The the Commanders definitely did that. It was one of their, their season high performances from the the running backs. Patrick, what about your your yourself? Oh, Saturday, as he come in, and as you, as you say, he's got a, a roadmap now that he can um, continue to to pile the pressure on the Eagles. This team, as you said, the pressure's off them now. They've lost that um, matchup last week. Are they going to be just too fired up to come back and prove that they are the real deal this season? Uh, Jalen Hurts has been fantastic all season, but they seem to have been stuttering a wee bit. Good to get it out of the system. Now they've got a, a team who a couple of weeks ago were in utter disarray. But now they've got players even like Paris Campbell has come back and scoring touchdowns last week. Um, it looks as if the, the Colts have got a, a chance. They've got a decent roster. I, I like Pierce. I like him. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. He, I think he's one for the, the future, the rookie that we've got there. Do you think that this will be the, the perfect game? actually for the Eagles to come back and assert their dominance? So for me, um, and this, is, this sounds crazy to say this, because obviously the Eagles are 8-1, um, but I agree with a lot of what Stu just said, and I actually predicted and I took the Colts this week as well. Um, I think they're not as horrendous as everyone was making out a couple of weeks ago. You know, their record's 4-5-1, and one. they're still in the hunt. Their mm-hmm. defence, for all they've been shipping a lot of points, has actually been really good. They've just been on the field far too much at times. And obviously, they've had nothing going on offense with JT um, up until last week. And last week, he ran for 147 yards. He scored his touchdown, and he looked like the number one pick again. And also, the other thing they did last week is obviously Saturday came in and he made the decision on quarterback. You know, he ran with Matt Ryan, and actually, they did they did really well. You know, Jeff Strong obviously came in as a bit of laughing stock. We had a bit of a joke about it last week and stuff like that about where he's came from, his record and stuff like that. He's got a hundred percent record in the NFL. I think. I think. Any, <laughs> I think in any second week he's got. He's going to make that. He's going to make that two wins in the trot. Um, and I'd say it sounds crazy saying that against the Eagles, but maybe they have taken their eye off the ball a little bit. I see they've defend, They've strengthened up their defense. Is it today they signed Suoff's uh, free agency? Um, mm-hmm. So I think absolutely the Eagles are going to go go long into the playoff run, but maybe the Colts have got them at a good time this weekend. Yeah, as you said, Matt Ryan uh, came back after um, Ellinger was was named and the press conference is going to be the starting QB. Uh, it sprung a surprise there and Matt Ryan was the, the one that, that actually took to the field, passed for 222 yards, one passing touchdown and one rushing touchdown from from the 37-year-old Matt Ryan. Murdo, what about yourself? Are you, you think this is, this is just a blip? There's no way that the, the Colts can, can achieve this. What do you think? No, I'm I'm all in on the Colts. Um, anyone to beat the be the Eagles or the Cowboys each week. But no, um, <laughs> to be honest, I, I liked what I seen from the Colts last week. The thing that kind of would concern me a bit more is um, 
I think it was um, Tuesday they picked him up. Um, Eagles, the Eagles picked up Linval Joseph. So they're wanting to um, bolster the run D um, mm-hmm. a bit. So does that stifle JT? Because he, he was the key to for any success um, for the Colts in this game, in my opinion. But no, I think I think the fresh set of eyes in the coaching side has made a massive impact with the Colts. Um, you know, like, like Jeff Saturday coming in, putting Matty Ice in. Like, let's be honest, they went out and got him in the summer. Mention him was probably not a good idea. <laughs> um, You're not looking to the before, future with that sign, and that's that's one for just to get his buy to to next year. Maybe right, try and pick up a, a decent hundred percent win now. So. Yeah, I, 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 like I said on Tuesday, I'm, I'm all in on them. I'm, I'm backing them for the playoffs. I um, don't know how deep they'll go, but I fancy, I fancy them on um, Sunday. Yeah, I, I think with Matt Ryan coming in, you've got the, the old head that can lead some of these, these players. I like that they didn't trade away uh, Jonathan Taylor um, before the trade deadline there, um, like uh, CMC going to the 49ers, that they've kept their weapons that they've got there, and they are going to make a, a go of it. Maybe this fresh energy from the, the new coach is going to make a difference. So, Stu, we'll come to you then. Are you going for the the Colts or the Eagles for this one? I'm going to go with, even though online on Twitter and my prediction I've said Eagles, uh, the more I've thought about it, I'm going to go Colts. And I get that the Eagles have that really good defence, but like we saw uh, just at the weekend, they are... If you keep them on the field, it doesn't matter how good they are, they get tired. And that was what Washington did to them. They just kept churning mm-hmm. away and churning away. And then eventually that last quarter, you just saw it like the legs went and you saw the belief starting to go. And or, you know, the, the will was there, but they just weren't able to execute. So yeah, I think Colts, the feel good Saturday. Uh, magic is there. I don't know if you guys saw the video after the game when they won, when he, no. he gave he gave the entire team game balls uh, for the Colts. And uh, and announced obviously it's kind of tradition in the NFL when you win your game on Sunday you get Victory Monday. So what Victory mm-hmm. Monday is no practice, no video review, no nothing. You basically get the day off, and the cheer that went up in that room. It's like you know for a room that's supposedly meant to be like a broken room. All the guys were like hugging and mm-hmm. like they were the friends. So to me, I'm going like you know what if Jeff Saturdays came into that room and actually fixed whatever was going on division wise. Yep. That's doesn't matter what his, his coaching experience is. If he's managed to do that, that's half the battle, and that might be enough to see them through. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. Well, though, I won't, I maybe won't go that far, <laughs> but I don't think they're going to be the absolute tire fire that they were looking two weeks ago, yes. where it was like they'll maybe never win another game for the rest of the season and they'll just yeah. coast out. They'll just, they would just need a, a culture change in there and someday to get guys really working for each other. Um, they certainly do have the. Uh, the weapons there that they can use. Patrick, what about yourself? Are you sticking with the Colts for this one? Yeah, I mean, I thought I was being controversial when I was looking at us and thinking I was going to take the Colts. I thought, you know, that I'd be the, I thought I'd be the outlier. Um, they were a very agreeable bunch tonight. I don't know what's happening. Um, Brian's yeah. not here. Every time I've been on it, <laughs> it's the Bengals Browns thing where we just go <laughs> at each other. So. Yep. so we just want everyone to go into the weekend feeling good. That's all it is. Yeah. And Myrtle, you're well uh, aboard this uh, 
fucking cult that um that we've got here. You're you're going for the Colts. Do you know what? I'm just to be contrary. I'm going to go for the the eight and one Eagles. Uh, as you say, <laughs> Sue has just been signed to to bolster the that line up there. I think that uh, it was just a, a blip last week, and the the Eagles are are going to fly high this Sunday for that one. Um, we've got two more matches that we're going to have a wee look at tonight. Um, next up, we've got the Cowboys um, versus the Vikings. Cowboys, who came out, of course, came uh, offered the defeat at Lambeau Field after Green Bay finally come uh, bringing their five-game um, losing streak to an end. And they're playing the, the Vikings. What a matchup that was. And the guys covered that wonderfully on Tuesday's podcast. Um, if you've not listened yet, go back and listen to the joy that came out of Craig Smudger Smith's um, little voice there when he was, he was talking about that game. We were in our own little group chat and in real time you could see the, the, the messages coming through. It's, it's just, it was wonderful to see um, how excited they were. My boy is actually, he's a, a Vikes fan as well, and we had that one in the, the telly, and he was bouncing about the living room, um, so I've grounded him for a week, so hopefully he'll learn his lesson there. Cowboys versus Vikes. Uh, I'll come to you, Murdo. What are you thinking for, for this matchup this weekend? Yeah, so I think with this one, if the Vikings go, well, they're at home, obviously, if the Vikings win this one, I think that makes them the favourites for the NFC. I think this is a massive, mm-hmm. massive... Um, test for them like after after the highs of last weekend can they come back to their own turf and put up a put up a fight again yep i think one of the big things this week is like the can the can the can the cowboys stop jj justin jefferson the dallas Mm -hmm. um, passing he's been decent this season but can they cope with him with a guy that can jump up and pull a pass out of another man's hand um, so yeah, I think for the Cowboys, they, they need to just build on that, keep their keep their pass D going as it is. But for the the Vikings, the main talking point for me would be um, Kirk Cousins. This is starting to get pressure territory now. Yeah, can he cope or will he choke? I think last weekend was a, a massive um, step forward for him. I've been following NFL for just a few seasons and the vitriol that we hear from Shaney on a weekly basis towards that man. Um, it seems to be misplaced when you see some of the, the passes it was making to JJ, who, looking at um, the injury report for today, was uh, limited in uh, practice this week, um, along with uh, Zadarius Smith. Um, so Vikings have got a couple of banged up players. I'm sure Justin Jefferson will make it to the match this weekend um, but that guy has been absolutely phenomenal he makes Kirk uh, Cousins look incredible and I think that just the the kind of alignment that they've got the the, the synergy that they have um, is just making for a really really special season for the Vikings and um, hopefully they can continue it especially for, for Smudger and Shaney they're, they're due a, a, a wee bit of joy in their lives Patrick, what about yourself? Are you looking forward to this one? The Cowboys. Um, Zeke, I see, is um, limited. But wide receiver Michael Gallup, he's a full participant this day, this, this week for, for training. you thinking the, the Cowboys are coming in to, to ruin the party there? Uh, for me, this is the game of the week for me. This is, like on, on paper, two high-scoring teams, two exciting teams. And obviously the Vikes never do anything easily. So, you know, you're guaranteed it's going to go to the wire and potentially into overtime before before it's resolved. 
Um, and yeah, just a moment on Justin Jefferson and it's matrix like catches, you know, like what is that guy on? How can he even do some of the stuff he's doing? Um, I mean, it's been phenomenal to watch it this year. Obviously, for me, um, Dallas, it was a big surprise last week. I think, you know, we all had them down to obviously run over the top of Green Bay. We didn't know if they gave mm-hmm. Green Bay a, a chance at all. And it was a big surprise. Um, I think, you know, I think I was quoted saying last week that I imagine I feared for Aaron Rodgers against the, the Dallas D. Um, but yeah, yes. like that that, came, that that was a prediction that didn't come right. Um, I did get the CD Lamb one right, though, in the wide receiver front. Um, he, he racked up the points for us in the fantasy side. Um, I think he was only pipped at the end by the Green Bay wide receiver who caught three touchdowns in the end. Wilson, was it? Yeah. Watson. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he beat him by like, Point one or something like that of, of a point or something like that. So yeah, we, we'll give you that close, one. That's close on that one. I think this, I say, this is the game of the week for me. I think it's it's two good sides. I think Dallas need to bounce back. I think they've been up and down, up and down. When they're good, they're great, and when they're bad, they're fairly mediocre. I think this is one of the ones where they bounce back. Um, and yeah, I actually fancy them. I think they'll do it. Yeah, with the as you said that um, really mean defense that they've got, Dax back, he's fit, he's healthy, he's, he's on a roll. Um, Pollard, did Pollard get injured last week? Is Pollard no, still... I don't think so. But Pollard's on my team and uh, I've been kind of hiding him on my bench as I try and make trades and pump some values of some of my other <laughs> running backs. Um, I'm kind of been quietly watching the Zeke situation. I do have Zeke in our dynasty league as well, so uh, I'm watching that for other reasons, <laughs> but um, <laughs> in one week I have Pollard, and uh, if he's going again, I'll be absolutely delighted, because the guy is a running machine. Although, mm-hmm. the Vikings run defence is exceptional, so this uh, might not be a good matchup for him. Um, for me this week, though, yeah, looking at it, if Jefferson I think will be fine, I think he'll play, doesn't really matter, depending on what the injury is, because it's it's one of these things where he's like a, I mean, I'm a Higgins fan, because obviously I support Cincinnati. Jefferson's kind of like Higgins times a million, you know, similar mm-hmm. kind of build, that kind of yep. big, tall, rangy guy that just gets up in the air and makes those catches. And I don't think there's any shame in me saying Jefferson's better than, than Higgins um, <laughs> overall. But, you know... Higgins earlier this year had the ankle issue and he was still playing and he was still making catches and, you know, he was that big target. Sure, he might not be able to bust out 40-yard runs, but Mm. uh, Jefferson will still be key for getting those kind of first yard or first down kind of 10-yard to 15-yard catches, even if he's less mobile. And then after that, you've got Thielen, who this year is healthy and has actually looked pretty good. So they have that kind of backup receiver uh, who's, you know, a WR2, like a true WR2 when he's healthy. And then Hawkinson, obviously, as well. They've got that big-bodied tight end. And who can forget Cook and Madison? So they, I think the, the Vikes, they should be able to do some damage. On the other side, yeah, it sounds like Gallup is finally healthy. And that's a guy that I looked at at the start of the season as being a potential, you know, huge scorer in fantasy this year after Amari Cooper left. But injuries saw to you know kind of kind of put a bit of a uh, kind yeah. of spike in that for the year so and this one though I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins or, or Kirk Thuggins as he's known and the crew he's going to keep those chains moving and add more chains to that neck <laughs> as well at the end of it and I think it's going to be a wild night in Minneapolis oh Captain Kirk to, to the rescue there um, Murdo what about yourself yeah I think it's going to be a high scoring affair but I'm on the. I'm all aboard the Kirk train to, to roll all over Dallas. 
So just um, going back, you mentioned about Zeke being questionable. I seen on yes. Twitter today that he's questionable with a Tony Pollard issue. <laughs> Um, Patrick, what about yourself? What are you going for? Well, I'm, I'm going for Dallas and this just to like sort of mix it up a bit. But also, I think as much as the Vikes are 8-1 and, and they've been really exciting to watch, all their games have been really tight and they've had to run really hard and work really hard. And I actually think it's going to catch up with them at some point. Whereas I think when Dallas are good, they're great. And when they're bad, they're awful. So if Dallas can play their full potential, I think you know they could they could really spring on them this this week. The Vikes have put in some hard yardage already this season, and I think this will be the time where obviously it looks like Zeke's not going to be fit. Um, I think Pollard's number one running back anyway. Um, I think I think mm. Dallas have got them this week, but they need to turn up, which is the big issue with Dallas. You know, I was all ready to, to agree with you there, but. Just with the, the excitement of the, the game that they had last week and coming back to their own stadium with a, a massive crowd, that they're starting to believe again. I think this is going to be one where the Vikings just eke it out yet again. I think it might not be as high scoring as it, we're thinking. It'll be maybe below um, 20 points for each team, but I can see the, the Vikings um, just edging that one. So we've got three to the one for the, the, the Vikes there. Fantastic. Um, looking forward to that one. See that game at the weekend then. Our final game that we're going to look at is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the LA Chargers. Chiefs seem to have a, quite an extensive injury list just now. Um, of course, Juju Smith-Schuster took that horrible knock to the, the, the head and I think he's in, still in concussion protocol. Um, he did not practice then. Um, Michael Hardman was the same. He's he's also not been participating in training. Um, but they do have a wee bit of good news in that uh, Isaiah Pacheco is um, back to full participation. Jerry McKinnon's uh, is limited. And Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, is, um, he did not participate in, in training at all today. The Chiefs. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are just such a an interesting team in that they seem to always find a way. Patrick Mahomes seems to be completely unflappable. Been listening to various podcasts over the weeks, and the amount of times that um, they say that the, the Chiefs tend to go behind by maybe seven or more points, but then come back to win the game. It's as if they just have complete faith in Mahomes and dictating what's going to happen in the game, and belief in themselves and the the, the team that they've built there. Stu, I'll come to you first for this one. Do you? Can you see past the, the, the Chiefs for this one or are the Chargers going to make a, a bit of an upset there? Um, on the Chiefs' side, that's a lot of wide receivers. So your, your top three wide receivers are all out. Yeah. What I will say, though, about Mahomes is he seems to be taking on the obviously a different style of quarterback, but the style of Tom Brady from you know 10 years ago, say, where he could be throwing balls to a chicken and the chicken <laughs> would receive the ball and score a touchdown. And he still has his version of Gronk and Kelsey there. And they've also yes. got that other lad, uh, Gray, the other tight end, who's looked phenomenal as well in spots this year. So with the Chiefs, you know, I can't, um, I can't ever rule them out. However, on the other side of the ball, you have the Chargers. And the Chargers are sitting, what's their record just now? Five and four? Five and four, yeah. Five and four. Yep. So they've done that with similar to what Mahomes um, is about to go through 
with their top wide receivers gone. You know, they're missing them. And I think it seems like they are trending towards at least Allen being healthy for this week. Mm-hmm. Williams is maybe making it as well. So he might finally have his weapons back. And Palmer's done admirably well. And the interim kind of try to hold up is that like WR1 position when that's not quite what he is yet. He may get there. Um, but, you know, you have that Herbert, who is a great quarterback, and he's really kind of kept the Chargers moving forward. Eckler, that's a fantastic weapon. And he's going up against that Chiefs D, which is all right. But I wouldn't say it's the best defense in the league. So I don't know. And this time I'm going to say, I think that as much as I can't rule Mahomes out, I think there might just be a little bit too much missing and the Chargers are finally getting those pieces back and they've been more than treading water in terms of actually winning a few games. So I think the Chargers are doing it. I It wasn't one of the games I picked whenever I put um, our top five to you guys, but yourself and Murdo absolutely convinced me. This is uh, this is one of the sleeper games of the weekend. It seems to be, yeah. as you said, with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen potentially coming back uh, for, for Herbert to... To have more competent targets that um, know how to, to do it, and as you say, the the, the Chiefs, they're not a uh, their defense doesn't seem to be as um, as mean as the, some of the other ones that I think they rely on their offense a wee bit too much at times. Um, so we can see this being quite a high scoring game and an interesting matchup between the the two teams. Patrick, are you looking forward to it yourself? Um, yeah, I think for me, I think Stu's covered most of what I was going to say anyway, but I think for me, it depends on who suits up come Sunday. I think it depends on really who suits up and who's available. For what I read, it looked like Allen and Williams weren't in contention. It looked as if they were trending down the way rather, rather not. Um, Juju, I think, was still in concussion protocol, but I think they still sort of hope for him come the weekend. I think it really depends on, on what 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 the teams look like come, come the match time. Um I think if Casey can get some of their weapons in terms of sort of the, the wide, wide receivers available, then I would fancy them because I think they always find a way. And if they don't have a wide receivers, Kelsey will get in there. Um, and I really like the young guy, Pacheco. Um, I think he's taking on the number one role at RB now. Um, I really like him. I think he can do some work. Chargers, again, they've been missing so many this, this season. They've been missing so many targets this week, this year so far. Eckler's obviously got about a hole a few times as a as a pass catcher as well as a rusher. Um, yep. But I, th- I think KC you'll find a way. I think they'll get too much for them. Do you agree with that then, Murdo? No, no. I'm I'm back in the Chargers this Chargers this week. I think um, I think Justin Herbert turns things around a wee bit. I don't think he's been as good as he has been in previous seasons. And I think this is a game for him to go and sort of turn it round. Um, the Chiefs' passing D has not been great this season at all. Um, they're last, ranked last in um, receiving touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And with, if Herbert does get Williams and Allen back, I think that's maybe massive. Um, like you say, there's injuries on the Chiefs' side as well. So hopefully um, it, it's a good game, but I, I can't see past the Chargers and it blows the um, NFC West wide open. Well, between them two teams, the other two are are positively dead. They flatlined a couple of weeks ago, the, the Raiders and the Broncos. But yeah, um, I'm in on the Chargers this week. Just having a quick look at the, the KC website there, and it's saying that Michael Hardman has actually been placed on IR um, due to abdominum, abdominum uh, and illness. So that's one um, player that's going to be out. As you said, Juju, 
Smith Schuster is still uh, under concussion protocol, so hopefully we can get him back. I th- one of the guys that surprised me is uh, Marquez Valdez Scantlin, and I, I, I liked uh, the look of him uh, at the Packers last season, especially for going deep. And I thought he would be a really good option for uh, Patrick Mahomes. So it's interesting that he's not really taken to the team the way that I'd, I'd hoped for. I was he was a player I was looking out for. I was going to try and get from on fantasy team. Um, but we'll, we'll wait and see. It's still early in his career in Kansas, so we'll see how he gets on. Patrick? I think the one thing where the Chiefs have added, though, is if you look at his brand and Kadarius Tony, and I know Murdo really loves him, but like yep. he, he put up some game last week. You know, he showed what he's all about last week, and he's yet another option. So, you know, we all wondered at the start of the season how they're going to replace the Cheetah. You know, mm-hmm. is, is McCole Harmon the answer? Nobody thought so. Is Juju the answer? Well, nobody thought so. You know, the draft of the young guy, Sky Moore, and for me, he's he's quite disappointed thus far. It's early days, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always it's always rookie year. Um, but certainly, Kadarius Tony's got all the attributes of being a top wide receiver. Um, now that he's in a, a decent side murder. <laughs> I'm actually, I don't even know how to respond. I am absolutely present. <laughs> It's amazing how he's suddenly um, recovered from those many, many injuries that he seemed oh. to have. That hamstrings just it must be the the air in Kansas uh, um, there that's helping that help him heal it. So looking back at the the games that we've discussed about, um, we seem to be a big fan of the underdog when it comes to the the matchup this, this weekend. But this that's week the, we are. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the beauty of the the NFL. There were so many games last week that, that threw up um, scores and results that. Nobody really expected, so yeah. it's something that keeps would, it interesting. I would, I would say there's a bit of uh, maybe in my predictions, I will admit to probably suffering from a bit of recency bias, which was yes. last week when almost all my predictions were on going that team are certain to win, they would lose. <laughs> so <laughs> I might be suffering from that. So this week it might be the same thing again, where I'm going to be completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Guys, we're going to move on to our pick six for this week. We're going to change it slightly. Um, we all play fantasy within a, a league, a couple of leagues that we've got ourselves within the, the crew. Um, we're going to make it more fantasy orientated instead of looking to see what we think is going to be in the matchup of the week. We talked about it earlier that it's uh, we think it might be the, the Cowboys and the... Uh, there we go, I forgot Vikes, <laughs> Cowboys and the Vikes. Um, we think that might well be our, our matchup of the, the week. But so for our pick six, I'm looking to you guys to, to give me your top quarterback, running back, wide receiver, deadliest D, top tight end and top kicker. I'm looking for two from you. There, there's going to be an obvious one that everybody would love to have in their fantasy football team. But who's the who's the sleeper one? Who's the one that's that's creeping up? Maybe they're going to have a past couple of games have been showing a wee bit of something, and you think they're just going to have a breakout game this weekend. Murdo, I'm going to come to you first of all for your your top QBs. So just going back to the last game, I'm back in Herbert this week. Mm. I say if he gets them two targets back, um, yes, Allen and Williams. I don't think there's any stopping him. He's a better quarterback than shown all season, and it's time for him to have his 2022 breakout game. Um, the KC secondary hasn't been great this season, so I've got a couple of rookies in there as well. So, yep, I'm back in Herbert this week, and hopefully he can um, take my dynasty team to 10-1. and one. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> mentioned that on the, on the pod before. Well, let's not, let's not talk about the normal, normal fantasy league, though. <sighs> 
Right. Well, it's, it's a bit of yin and yang for you then this season, isn't it? So, Herbert for top QB and your breakout QB for, for both of them there. I, I think that's a, a fair shout. Anyone else that you can think yeah, of? So for, my surprise, so, for my surprise package for the weekend, oh. Pat, Pat will like this one. Zach Wilson. Ooh. I can see him taking on the, like, the, the performance against the Pats last time out and turning it around. He had, a bit, he had a touch of the Darnolds in that game, so I think he'll shake that off. And you've got the new connection with Wilson Squared now, so yeah, I'm fancying, <laughs> I'm fancying Zach Wilson to to push the, push the Jets to victory and score well in fantasy this week. We really need to get that Wilson Squared like, um, like trademarked already, because that's, that's going to really take know, off. There's maybe T-shirts. shirts, shirts mugs, <laughs> hats, like, <laughs> Eldos. Oh wait, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> If it's if it's D squared, but uh, if it's Wilson squared, should it be double ended ones? Are we thinking about for that? Um, anyway, moving swiftly <laughs> on, Patrick. Patrick, I want your top running back from you. How do I follow that? Um, <laughs> obviously, you've got your obvious choices. You've got obviously uh, JT 147 yards last week, looking like RB1 again, or you've got King Henry against Green Bay tonight in mm-hmm. the snow. Can anyone mm-hmm. stop him in the snow? That's too obvious. So I'm going. I'm going with something completely out there as my as my suggestion as number one pick this this week. Um, and it's a team. It's such a game we've discussed. It's um, and it's two of the three worst defenses um, in the league. So I'm going for the the Falcons and the Chicago Bears game. And I'm going to say Cordell mm. Patterson for top running back this week. I think he's going to run all over them. He had a terrible week last week. And he was on Twitter apologising to all his sad fantasy football people um, about his really <laughs> low score. Um, so I think he's going to bounce back and I think he's going to have a monster weekend. Would you would you call that a, an apology? Because I thought he was more telling us all to stick it up or, <laughs> or you no. know what. M- m- it was a, I don't care about your fantasy teams. I just do what the coach says. And <laughs> no, no, he replied to me personally. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Patrick. After, after the abuse I was giving him. Um, <laughs> So no, I, I think he's got a monster week, and I think against the Bears, who are obviously you know they're in rebuild mode. They've already sold off some of the some of their big weapons on defense. I think, yeah, I'd look out for him. And in terms, I feel of like if of, the Falcons are, are, are another dimension, having him back in that that team. What about your so. breakout star? So my breakout star is from the same game, and he's not even a running back. I'm going to say the top Russian player this week is going to be Justin Fields. Ooh. That's, I so, mean, that's not really a surprise, but yeah. Well, it's just not running back, so that's why that's my spin on it. I think yeah. he's gonna I think he's gonna pop the most rushing yards this week. Grant from the, the crew, of course, just punching the air and delight there, of course. Um, yeah, but the, the problem with that is it's only a matter of time before he goes down with a big injury. I think that that's for me, that's a danger with it. Um but time will tell. Fantastic. Yeah, two great choices there. Uh, Cordell Patterson and Justin Fields a, a, a Got to say, I, I agree with you. The the records that Fields break in a almost weekly break uh, basis now is is really really interesting to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing that game as well. Stu, I'm coming to you for your top wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go the obvious choices here, uh, which is I'm going to go for deeper ones. But I'll just speak briefly about the obvious choices: uh, mm-hmm. Higgins and Boyd from the Bengals. 
we're playing the Steelers this week, so it's obviously the big division rivalry, the hate fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bengals are going to barbecue the Steelers this time, but yeah, the Steelers, they've given up the second most <laughs> fantasy points on average uh, per week to wide receivers. So I think Burrow's going to go in there and absolutely destroy them this time. So, you know, those are two two players you should probably have anyway. Um the only team worse than the Steelers is Atlanta. So on that note, I'm going to say two of the guys I would maybe pump up. And I know you're talking about Justin Fields rushing, but I'm actually going to say he's going to throw a bit more this week. I think mm-hmm. Mooney and Claypool could be good bets to be good fantasy kind of pickups for this week. And then beyond that, my other outside bets are Watson and Lazard in that Green Bay game, because I think that Rodgers is now back. He's managed to get his dosage right on his Ayuska uh, or whatever it is that he's taken. He's got the tea set to the right temperature and he's now got his vision back because that looked more like vintage Rogers last week out and Green Bay seemed to be more in a groove. So uh, watch for mm-hmm. Watson, who he now seems to have found as a good target and also the lizard man. I think they're going to do well for Green Bay. So um, you've you've not read the brief at all. I'm looking for one and one from you here, my friend. What? I need to <laughs> Need to put you one in and one here. You're going. You're going okay. for the spread there, big time. Um, who's your, who's your top? Who's okay. your top? Uh... My top wide receiver overall. I'm going to go with Boyd for the Bengals Boyd. game. Yeah, yeah. Just because I think they will try and stack up on Higgins, but I think Boyd's going to break loose for some big gains. He'll probably have a couple of. I'll give him a thirty-yard touchdown and then maybe a twenty-five-yarder. And then uh, outside bit, yeah, I'm going to go with Mooney just because Atlanta is absolutely rank defending wide receivers. So I think Fields and Mooney are connecting. Mooney, I've had him in my team a few times. Um, a frustrating player, but um, it just seems to be starting to click for the Bears just now. Um, it's been long overdue as well. So I hope, I'm looking forward to revisiting this on maybe get the, the crew to have a look at these on Tuesday and see how terribly we've done. Um, Deadliest D, Murdoch, who are your two picks for that? So, my top defence of the week, this one's for you, Stu, is the Bengals. They've been sold on a full season, ranking 11th in sacks and 11th in turnovers overall, and they're going up against Kenny Pickett. And... <laughs> Yeah, so through six games so far in his career, he's got eight interceptions, three fumbles, one of which was lost, and 18 sacks. So, yeah, if you've got the Bengals on your fantasy team, you're, I can see you being out of sight this week. Um, can we pick I'm, it? I'm, yes, I'm gonna yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say the start line for the, the Bengals' D is two interceptions, one return for a touchdown, a fumble lost, and four sacks. Oof. I mean, Reader's see, back, so Reader is back, so I could see that yeah, our defensive line is going to be even better. So, yeah, I, I hear you on that one. It's going to be a sort of specifications that I'm I'm looking for, Stuart. Right, take take note. I'm laughing. You you mentioned Kenny Pickett there. I'm I'm going through um, by Mageddon and my fantasy football team. I've kind of went all in on the Seahawks, my my team, um, and I've traded away Geno Smith for the 30th rated QB, Kenny Pickett, to, to start this week. So I might actually have to, to dump him and see who who's a, else is available. I might be going for Heineke myself. Um, you may get PJ Walker on the waiver wire or something. Matt, I noticed Matt Ryan sitting on our waiver wire. 
That's right. The Colts have got so, to maybe. absolutely ball out. So, hi, right, there we go. Matt Ryan is getting added right now. Um, what about your breakout for the for this then, uh, Marto? So, it's more just you're probably not expecting much from them. They've been an all right day so far this season, but I'm going for the Colts just because I hate the Eagles. I love Jess Saturday, and I'm doubling down on my um, kind of ladder <laughs> from Tuesday. So, yep, Colts are going to be going to be the, the the surprise star of this weekend. So that pint of lager, is that for each crew member? That's for anyone that takes it up. We need verbal acceptance. <laughs> Fantastic, mate. Yeah, so Bengals and the Colts for your top defences for the week 11 there. Patrick, what about yourself? Tight end. Uh, you going for Kelsey? You're going for Kelsey, aren't you? It's Do, you Kelsey. Talk, do you want to talk about my tight end again? Go for it. <laughs> You're getting a bit defensive uh, end there, Patrick. <laughs> um, I am not going to go for Kelsey, no, because it's too obvious. I mean, it's, it's far too obvious. And I do think we've been spoken extensively about um, wide receivers being banged up for KC, and I think Kelsey will feast. So, you know, mm-hmm. disclaimer in there right away. I'm not picking Kelsey because it's too obvious. I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz this week. He's picked up, he's racked up 30.8 points in the last two games alone. Um, when Dak's not throwing interceptions, he's throwing it to him in the short game. I think he's 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 what definitely worth a shout. What a terrible weekend it was for tight ends last week. Eh? That's Goddard mm. down, Ertz down. Um, so yeah, Dalton Schultz definitely one to look out for. And then on my one to watch is actually someone I picked up in my waiver wire on both my dynasty and my redraft league last week is Foster Moreau. Um, Darren Waller, obviously on IR, um, mm-hmm. is going to feature again for a good few weeks. Foster Moreau's playing 96% of snaps last week, weekend, and obviously scored his first touchdown as well. Um, when Derek Carr isn't chucking to... Devontae Adams, which just seems to be the only place he can chuck it these days. It's Foster Moreau's <laughs> getting it. Um, really saved me last week. Put my team at 5-0. and all, From 0-5 and five to 5-0. Five and all. Um, So I'm back in the hunt because of him, um, which is all oh, good. Probably. Fantastic. I, I love how we're get so invested in this and so personal that uh, these players, whenever they give us a, a good week, um, that one time, um, then we're, we're with them for for years and years to come. Um aye, aye, fantastic. Who is it? It's just went to the the Bears um from the the is it the Browns? No, you talk about Claypool from the Steelers. Claypool, sorry, Steelers, yeah. sorry. Claypool for the Steelers. He was my guy for years. I was kept putting him in, hoping something was going to happen. We had that one game for me um a couple of seasons back. But um wish him well. I have moved on. I'm happy to happy without him. But um yeah, I love how invested we get in these players. It's, it's wonderful to see. Um, Stu, we'll finish off with yourself then. For We know this is something that's close to your heart, but the kickers, the underrated, undervalued players of uh, fantasy football and indeed the wider gridlock, uh, gridiron uh, game. Who are you going for this week? Well, this is a little bit easier. I'm not gonna. I understood the brief for this a little better, seeing as you can only <laughs> pick you can only pick one kicker from a team. You can't say I'm going with the WR one and the WR two from a, <laughs> a bunch of teams. So yeah, for me, I'm not gonna go with one of the obvious ones like Tucker, who's a machine every week. 
and he has a mm-hmm. decent matchup against Carolina. I think that's too obvious. I'm going to go with one of our, one of our fantasy league's favourites, uh, Young Ho Koo, because he's oh, playing the yes. Bears. Uh, they they have the fifth worst uh, record against kickers in fantasy this year. So Koo, I think he could be on for points. I think that game is going to be a point fest just through it being an absolute meeting of not very good defences and some pretty decent offences because uh, Mariota's done pretty well with Atlanta this year. So I could see them kind of putting up some numbers. So Koo is my main pick. And then sleeper pick. It's not really that much of a sleeper, I guess, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, Lutz from the Saints. They're playing the Rams, who have the second worst record against kickers. The Saints have the fourth worst. So if you're looking for a kicker fest game, that's probably the one. Also going by the fact that the quarterbacks haven't done very well moving the chains. I could see people stalling out in kicker or field goal territory and uh, not actually making it in for uh, TDs and XPs. So, yeah, so this week I am picking Koo as the number one kicker and I'm going to pick Lutz as the sleeper pick that probably will end up being way up there. Fantastic. Brilliant, brilliant. So that's us. We've got our, our uh, picks in for the week 11. Uh, we could possibly revisit them next Tuesday to see how well we've done. And if uh, we've not done well at all, you'll never hear of this ever again. Nearly finished, guys. Um, Stu, I'm going to come to you for your statistic of the week, my friend. Have you got anything Stutist- for us? Have you got a, a theme song for it yet, or has that happened? Is there a is there a melody that's going to play before this? It's like statistic of the week. You know, we 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 see during the Thanksgiving holiday, right? We'll see if we can come up with something. I'm looking for a wee bit of falsetto in there, I think, as well. Um, I, well, I it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. Anyway, on that note, yeah, we could definitely do that, but statistic of the week. I'm going to stay in kicker land because I was doing a bit of kicker research the past couple of days for this. Uh, do you guys know who the highest scoring single game kicker was in fantasy land for fantasy points? How far back game. are we going? 2010 was when this happened. He was a guy, he retired in 2014. His last team right. was the Bears. He did it when he played for Arizona. Hmm. Um, I'd guess nobody knows. So no, touchy, Grant touchy, would, be, would be all over. Touchy that, feely yeah. answer. No clue for that. He never played for the Giants. I don't think. Anyway, it was Jay Feely, and he put up twenty nine point five points in a Oof. game against the Broncos, December twelfth, twenty ten. And how he did it was he kicked five field goals, and he also ran in a touchdown on a fake field goal attempt. <laughs> the ball up, ran it in. Kind of thing. He could he made all his XPs as well, or his XPs as well on that. And uh, the final score was forty three thirteen for the Car- uh, Cardinals over, um, over the Broncos, and that uh, kind of led to the. I think it was a first win in about six games or something like that. Both teams were terrible Amazing. that year, losing records and all that. But yeah, props up to the kicking god Jay Feely that put up twenty nine point five points in one match. Well done. Statistic of the week. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. We'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. That'll get isolated and we'll work on that. Fantastic. Gentlemen, this has been great fun. I've got to say thank you very much for, for joining us tonight. Patrick Houston, uh, Murdo, and Stuart. I hope you've had a great time. I'm really looking forward to the matches this weekend. Um Stuart. One last question for you guys before Ooh, we go. Go for it. Who do you think is going to win the Grey Cup final? So who is it between then? 
the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, Jason and the Argonauts was one of my favourite movies growing up. Uh, <laughs> terrified me. I'd had some of the most vivid nightmares of my life, but I um, loved that film. So I'm going to go for the Argonauts for this one. Murdo, you Patrick, going Blue Bombers uh, from this? Uh, I'll take I'll take Winnipeg just to be different. The Blue Bombers. <laughs> it's a surprise that you picked them, but uh, <laughs> nice, nice for diversity. <laughs> I want to surprise nobody, and I'm in, I'm in on the Blue Bombers. Yeah, well, <laughs> quite, well, quite nice, quite nice uniforms there. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going for the they're going for the three peat. Uh, Toronto playing blue as well, by the way. So it's it's not actually that much of a. <laughs> a difference, but yeah, I think um, I'm going to go Toronto just for the slight upset because uh, it's nice to see Toronto well, a, a good team for once. They, they've been bad for years. I'm slowly going to turn this. I'm slowly going to turn this into a CFL podcast. It's happening. Listen, we are going to in the off season. We are going to talk, my friend. We're going to have plenty of uh, CFL updates from you, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to learning a wee bit more about it. It seems to be a uh, quite an interesting league. Plenty of players in the NFL have had some time in the CFL, so I'm looking forward to to learn a bit more about it. Guys, this has been wonderful. Um, if you have enjoyed the podcast, please like and subscribe. Tell your pals. Get involved. Um, send us some tweets. Get some questions into the crew. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from everybody. So um, make sure you share um, your love for the, the crew. You can follow us on Twitter at GridIronCrew. That's at G-R-I-D-I-R-N-C-R-U. Uh, we're also on Instagram, but we're not really get that up and running yet. It's that's grid underscore iron underscore crew iron. Of course, spell I-R-N and crew C-R-U. So please, yes, get in touch. We'd love to hear from more of you. Um, we will be back next Wednesday morning with the with the review crew with a look back on week 11 that just leaves me Keith McGinty on behalf of all the crew to say thanks for listening and we'll speak to you next week